Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. It's time for another wonderful edition of Grounded, the place where you can get your green on. Yeah, not only about what you can do in your garden, but also how you can be kinder to the environment and also kinder to yourself. Because I think that's one of the things that you you get out into the garden. You're getting fresh air, you're getting a bit of sunlight, getting the vitamin D going, getting the hands in the soil, connecting with the earth again seeing what's happening when it comes to the bugs and things that are happening, and uh, maybe finding out what kind of bugs you have in your own system too. So how do you get rid of those bugs? Well, eating is generally the best way of building yourself up and knowing where your food is coming from as well, which is why so many of us go and grow our own, is a very good plan too, because one doesn't want to be putting plastic and poisons and all that kind of stuff into your system. Now, we've spoken fairly often to my co-presenter on Gardening 101, Linda Galvad from Sort After Seedlings, about everything to do with growing plants. But she's come and said to me, well, let's look at it from a different point of view. Let's look at it from the point of view of your health. I'm not just talking about the vegetables that you put in, but how your health can affect your mind and your way of thinking. And the biggest problem I think that is pervading, apart from depression, of course, pervades humans these days is the stomach everything that has to do with the gut and that is the one thing that really affects people more than anything else linda galvad do you believe that the gut is the source of all good and all evil absolutely (laughs) (laughs) hippocrates said two things you know this the one adage very well you are what you eat Mm -hmm. and he also said all disease begins in the gut took modern medicine 2,000 years to realize the importance of that statement. So what, what people don't know is that your gut actually starts in your mouth. Your digestion starts already in your mouth, and that's why you should eat really slowly. So you can actually give the enzymes in your saliva the chance to start digesting your food in your mouth. I always like to talk about the correlation between your gut health and organic vegetables. That's where my passion lies because... Your gut is so astonishingly important that they've now coined the term the second brain to give the gut the description of the second brain because what people don't know is the exact same neurotransmitters that exist in your brain, in fact, exist in your gut. Are you serious? Absolutely. Okay. Serotonin, which is actually a hormone, over 85% of that, sorry, over 95% of that is created in your gut and it's created by the bacteria the good bacteria in your gut. Mm. So all skin ailments, allergies, autoimmune diseases, post-nasal drips, eczema, sinus, migraines, autism, meningitis, liver disease, genital diseases, all kinds of diseases are due to the malabsorption that happens in your gut and dysbiosis. What dysbiosis is, is when the bad bacteria in your gut far outweighs the good bacteria. Mm. Here's another astonishing thing. Your bacteria, fungi that exist within your gut and your body is in fact constitutes 90% of who you are. So we are actually only 10% human. <laughs> we are 90% bacterium. <laughs> 
That's exactly right. I keep on thinking when you talk about the gut, I keep on thinking of myself as a very large earthworm. <laughs> because, I mean, if you think about an earthworm just takes soil in the one side and excretes it through the other, through the gut. So that's basically, I mean, if you, you know, I'm just thinking, right, I am an earthworm, but I'm not going to eat soil. I'm not going to eat the earthworms either. But it is essentially, that's the way that we should be I looking at it. it. No, it absolutely is. No, I love, I love that. The only thing is that what the earthworm excretes is extremely valuable to everyone else. And <laughs> unlike blondes who are full of it, um, it's not going to be all the good stuff that comes out sometimes. No, we're joking. A lot of no. what we say might not actually be all that bad. <laughs> Sorry, I've just got the blonde falling down in pieces here. Okay, so now you're talking to an earthworm. Pretend I have the brain of an earthworm as well. You certainly don't. That's a you know, <laughs> so so basically, what happens is the gut. We have so much bacteria in our gut, mm. and it's quite a, astonishing. Like, for example, they did a. There were two. There were two amazing things. One is they did a. They found that the Japanese have a certain gut bacteria that can process and absorb and digest a certain kind of seaweed that they only have that mm. bacteria so we are unable to do that so it's quite it's quite astonishing and unfortunately we lose so much of this good bacteria firstly stress mm. sugar alcohol caffeine preservatives gluten mm. dairy and antibiotics often those things minimize your good bacteria Sugar definitely proliferates the pathogenic bacteria, which creates that dysbiosis, and antibiotics completely destroy the good bacteria. So that's what people call your interflora, the mm. good bacteria. Mm. It's actually called microbiota. That's the, the correct term for it. When you have this dysbiosis and you have bad bacteria, you get things like IBS and your gluten intolerances, although gluten does cause leaky gut. And what's so astonishing is that they have found that if you have leaky gut, you have leaky brain. And the symptoms of the whole leaky gut, the bad mood, etc., etc., is all comes down to what's happening in your gut. What is leaky gut, though? So leaky gut basically is in your, your intestinal walls have junctions, mm -hmm. which are they, they're almost separations, but they are not. They're actually tightly knit together. But when you start getting ill and those junctions start to weaken, they start to open up and then your food, undigested, goes into your bloodstream. Ooh. Yes, big, big problem. And what's so fascinating, getting back to serotonin, which over 90, 95% is created in your gut by your, bad bacteria, by your good bacteria, what's so fascinating is that serotonin is not just your happy enzyme. Mm. It influences your cardiovascular system, your immune system, and your renal system. It regulates your mood, mm. the foods you crave, mm. your sleeping, your cognition, your sexual behavior. It's actually unbelievable how serotonin, all the effects that it has. And your gut and your brain, in fact, have a two-way communication system between them. Mm. And the neurotransmitters are constantly sending signals up and down. And what's so fascinating is that the gut and the brain have this two-way communication through the vagus nerve. Mm. If you technically, if you sever the vagus nerve, the brain cannot operate without the gut, but the gut is autonomous, can mm -hmm. operate without the brain. That's probably why they now call it the second brain. It is, it's quite astonishing. I mean, people just don't know this. So when you have pesticides and insecticides in your food, 
that is also something that creates dysbiosis. And you'll often hear that people who have seriously bad bacteria in their gut, like um, H. pylori bacterium, mm. that creates ulcers, uh, esophageal ulcers. It's seriously Barrett's bad. Barrett's disease, all, all of those kinds things, yeah. of things. So, you know, you have you start absorbing your nutrients and you can become nutrient deficient. Obviously, mm. all your autoimmune diseases start kicking in, etc. So it's extremely important to keep your gut good in good working order and healthy um, because it regulates everything, mm. really. And your nutrition depends on it. Your good bacteria, over 85% of your immune system is developed by your good bacteria. Mm. They teach your immune cells to be immune cells. So everything happens in the gut, really. Mm. So bearing that in mind and, and acknowledging the importance of keeping a healthy gut, keeping your digestion in good working order, the absorption of the nutrients in good working order, that is going to affect your whole life, your mm. mood, your sleeping, your cognitions, your memory retention, your anxiety, everything. And how that relates to organic vegetables, and this is where, I don't know which part of this I'm more excited about, <laughs> but um, organic vegetables, the reason why, eight years ago when people used to say to me, there's no difference between organic vegetables and commercially grown vegetables. Well, I, I know the difference between the two, but I hate calling them organic. I know. Natural I know. grown. I know. Because everything's organic. Okay, non-toxic. Not, well, well Natural. actually. Naturally grown without any pesticides, those kind of vegetables, yeah. Okay, so... The pesticides and insecticides and herbicides are one thing mm. that is clearly really bad for you and disrupts your gut, mm. obviously. But what's so astonishing is that when you grow something in an environment where the methodology that you're using allows the plant to do a few things. One, it, it's not aided by anything chemical. So in other words, it's not affected. It has to develop its own immune system. Mm. So, for example, there are enzymes released called phytoalexins in a plant. And what that means is that when the plant is under attack, it sends out these phytoalexins to either deter or kill, in some instances, mm. its predator, like cabbage and the caterpillar kind of a thing. Or, or acacia trees and giraffes. Correct. So... The phytonutrients in the plant, when the plant is growing, it develops primary and secondary chemical compounds. Mm. The secondary chemical compounds are what's so important to us. What the secondary chemical compounds do for the plant, it determines the color of the plant, it sends out these phytoalexins, it protects the plant, it sends out enzymes to create other plants, to disallow other plants to become competitors, mm. It does all these kinds of things. It creates the perfume in the plant for pollinators, all kinds of things. But what that interprets to for us is it's all your antioxidants, all your flavonoids, all your flavonols, things like anthocyanin, mm -hmm. which is found in all your purple vegetables, which is brilliant for cognition. Things like sulforaphane, which is an antioxidant found in the brassica family, excellent for, for Free radicals, mm. which and the worst disease that free radicals cause is glaucoma. Cancers, yeah. And, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. cancers and glaucoma. So those kind of things develop more in plants that aren't aided by being protected through chemicals. So when you leave a plant to grow naturally, it has to develop these sec secondary chemical compounds because it has to protect itself more. It's got to fight more. Mm. It's got to try harder. So as these secondary chemical compounds are becoming more and more and more pronounced, 
you are getting, when you consume them, are getting the benefit of that. Those nutrient levels are skyrocketing, mm. and you are getting the benefit of that. And that is why commercially grown crops do not have the same nutrient levels. It is not, it's not possible that they would, because the plant is, you know, they, they are completely mollycoddled. They, the phytoalexins don't ever have to be triggered because nothing is going to come and attack the plant. Mm because everything around it that even tries will be dead because it's killed by the herbicides, insecticides and pesticides, mm. etc. The soil life is non-existent, so there's no nutrient content in there either. So growing things in, in using that natural methodology and allowing the plant to develop these secondary chemical compounds are clearly beneficial to us. We are very well aware of these antioxidants, mm. etc., that that they produce and how beneficial they are to us. Vitamin A that converts to a beta carotene that converts to vitamin A. That's another and one. Exactly. Your cellular defenses, that's what that's for. Mm. All those kind of things, those are all secondary chemical compounds. And they are very, very high when the plant has to defend itself mm. and grow and be its own immunity has to be strengthened. So essentially by the, the plant getting stronger and fighting off everything and you eat it, then you get stronger Correct. because it's actually done a lot of the work for you. Exactly. Whereas you, otherwise you just eat something. It's like the one thing I, I find most, I don't know, con concerning and I, it fills me with consternation is going up to people and say, who say, I really want to lose some weight and how, how do I do it? And I said, well, it's a combination of things. It's your diet. And it's through exercise. Absolutely. Yana, we can do the exercise, but I'm not giving up my pup. <laughs> so I'm like, but the, you do realize that it's like empty calories, okay? It would be better for you to sit down and have some cabbage that you've grown at home rather than sit down and eat pup. And I think that is the biggest problem that most people have is that they don't want to give up. I mean, you say to people, your skin will be better, you'll lose weight, you'll actually have proper energy if you give up sugar. Sugar Absolutely. is a killer. Absolutely. They're not going to have it because they still want to drink their colas and have the sweets. But and it's addictive. Yeah. Sugar is hugely, it's hugely addictive. It is an absolute drug. So is coffee. It's absolutely addictive. You know, the caffeine in coffee. Mm. I mean. But some people say that coffee is good for you, whereas we know sugar is not. Well, that is also true. And sugar, any kind of elevation of sugar, if you have got bad bacteria, that is literally food for, from the gods for the bad bacteria, mm. any kind of sugar, anything that has sugar in it, xylitol, honey, anything. If your if your gut is not healthy, if mm. you eat sugar, you are going to create that massive dysbiosis until such time that if you actually go through a process of cleaning out your gut and eating food, I always say that if you're going to eat something, make sure you eat it as close to natural mm. as possible. So if you're going to eat something, eat it as close to natural as possible. Do that for a f quite a few months. You'll see for yourself things that will start changing. You'll feel your energy will, levels will improve. You'll actually stop craving coffee and sugar. You'll actually stop craving that. And I really do talk from experience. I stopped. I changed my diet completely. I eat... Any, I don't eat dairy, I don't eat gluten, I don't eat any kind of, I don't drink any kind of caffeine, no preservatives in my diet whatsoever, no dairy, and I had eczema clear up after four weeks. And when sitting there, I can hear all those people saying, so where's the fun in your life? You know, you basically have to give up everything that's good. No more donuts, no more whiskey, no more coffee, no more sugar. 
But surely there are some kind of things that you can use instead of, like, for instance, sugar. Stevia. What about stevia? I mean, that's a plant. What about fructose? That's, that's a sugar that comes from fruit. So the thing is that, as I said, keeping it closest to natural is, is good. Mm. So honey is also close to natural. Stevia is also. Dates also. Fructose also. But remember, fructose is processed. Mm. Because if you actually had to get the sugar out of a fruit, it would be in liquid form. It would not be in crystallized form. Mm. So it's already a processed, it's already gone through some kind of process. So avoid any kind of process. If you had to take stevia, it would be in a liquid form and you buy it in liquid mm. form. Anything that's processed, try and stay away from it. I use dates. That's my sugar. But I still keep it to a minimum. I also don't eat a lot of fruit in the day because... Mm. It's also high in sugar. So that's what I said earlier, that if you have the dysbiosis already, and you'll know if you do, you'll know if you have fatigue or if you have an immune deficiency or disorder, if you've got eczema, sinus, post-nasal drip. Or if you're just a very generally grumpy person. Yeah, allergies, your moods are down, those kind of things. Absolutely. No, absolutely. So your sleep patterns are disoriented, etc., then it's a good idea to actually be clean of sh- any kind of sweetener mm. for quite some time. Keep your fruit down to an absolute minimum, like two a day. Mm. The truth is, is that you should consume a large amount of vegetables, and I mean raw vegetables, mm. you know, in their rawest form. Some people can't consume raw green vegetables because they have, they're taking blood thinners, and, you know, green vegetables have high vitamin K, which is a clot. It's for clotting. Mm. So they'd need to cook those first. And that's okay. Try and consume as many vegetables as you can and obviously organic ones. But don't cook them the same way as my grandparents used to do where you cooked everything out of it. And it was amazing sitting with them and saying, why do you cook everything for so long? You only need to cook that. And all of a sudden, my grandparents, after 40, 50 years of having done the same thing with their vegetables, did it the way I said, and they enjoyed their food so much more. How bizarre is that? No, that is bizarre. I mean, how do you even, maybe it was from a, you know, a cleanliness perspective when Mm. they had to get rid of all kinds of, any kind of Agent Orange. Oh, yes, let's (laughs) not forget. So that's just for a short, an interim period, try Mm. and keep, try and actually get rid of your sugar altogether. And then slowly in a few months time, you can introduce these things back into your diet because you'll be in a better position to you know for your body to actually regulate those kinds of things but i'm not saying that that go mad Mm. and start eating a whole lot of sugar the truth is is that your body will actually stop craving sugar and even if you do have cravings every now and then you'll be able to compensate with some stevia or some dates as a treat the point is not to go and find every single vegetarian or vegan recipe that you can use for cookies or cake mm. or and try and find the sus- substitute. That's not what you need to do. You actually need to concentrate on eating food that hasn't got sugar because when you eat sugar, you'll want more sugar in any mm. form, mm. whether it's in fructose or honey, your body will crave the sugar. That's what it does. So you start, you have to start weaning yourself off it. And that makes all the difference. It starts there. There are fabulous things like coconut oil. And all your oils are fine. Coconut, Mm. sunflower, as long as it's not canola or GMO, olive oil, sesame seed oil. So all your oils are fine and they're delicious. All your nut flowers are 
fabulous, mm. unfortunately very expensive. Sourdough breads using gluten-free flours. I make a great sourdough bread you, with sorghum you can't and have, millet. You can't have um, couscous, can you? No. No. No couscous. And rice? No pasta. Rice, definitely. Potatoes, sweet potatoes, absolutely. Any vegetable, mm. um, your grains, your wheat, Oats even are gluten rise, also gluten, although you do get gluten-free oats. Mm. I make my starter for my sourdough bread with gluten-free oats. So you said that when your grandparents used to, when they stopped cooking, the, overcooking their vegetables, they so enjoyed the food. Mm. Well, that's another thing I found, that when you start eating things without sugar, you start tasting sugar in everything. So if I eat a tomato because I'm so not used to eating sugar, that the sweetness in the tomato will be so profound for me. When I mm. eat lettuce and carrots, the sweetness in them is like a treat. A mm. carrot is like a nosh chocolate. It's so delicious. You know? <laughs> it's like, this is really puts me on a high because you start becoming super sensitive to taste mm. and should you you'll be amazed how vegetables are rather sweet. There's great sweetness in them. Sweet potatoes also. It's another nosh chocolate for me. It's so sweet and delicious. So you start to appreciate that more. Mm. And, of course, you don't have the sugar low that you get. You don't have that. So those kind of things, milk, dairy, I don't have any dairy, but I make fabulous nut milk mm. with dates and almond Almonds. milk. And fa it's fabulous. And then when I drain the, when I filter the nuts through, you know, a nut bag, mm. I then dry the nuts, what's left over the pulp, and um, put that in my bread. Mm. It's fabulous. And cacao nibs. Cacao she, nibs. She's speaking a different language here. Oh. <laughs> cacao what? Cacao nibs is actually the, it's from the cacao plant, mm -hmm. and it's basically black chocolate. That's what it is. But it's very good for your serotonin, and it's got a slight sweetness. But what are nibs? Well, it's, they just chop it up and make little nibs, nibs of them, like little bite-sized ones, tiny, <laughs> tiny little. But they're delicious. I make, I make an almond milk with vanilla, fresh vanilla and cacao nibs, and I feel like I'm drinking Nesquik. Okay, I, 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 I think that, that. that she's going to have to give us the recipe for this <laughs> so that everybody can, like, so I'm sure everybody's sitting there and salivating. Well, what are this? I mean, apart from cutting sugar, what else is there that you can do that will help your gut health if you're thinking, okay, fine, what she's saying is making a lot of sense here. I can grow my own vegetables yes. so I know where they've been. There's no yes. poisons and everything in yes. them. You have to eat a lot of those vegetables that you're going to grow. Yeah, this is the thing that people don't like to eat vegetables sometimes. Yeah, they, and you know what you don't have to, this is not about cutting out your carbohydrates definitely not it's more like a paleo diet in a well, way well kind of but not because you don't have to you can eat any good meat mm. or any good fish so any free range things stay away from farmed fish stay full of hormones you know your free range meats are fine your white mm. meats your turkey and your chicken although a lot of people don't like turkey because it's dry and a little bit tasteless it depends on how you cook it, actually. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, meat is fine and fish is fine and vegetables and rice and potatoes and sweet potatoes. You can make chips. You can use all the oil so you oh. can make chips. There's a lot no, of things you drying, can do. Cutting all your vegetables oh, up fine that. and air drying them into chips, veggie chips, tomatoes, slices yeah. and things. Yeah. Lots of lovely things. Salads are fabulous. Mm. Soups are great. Stews are fantastic. Salads in summer are just like a breath of fresh air. They're delicious. I always say that keep your food close to the ground. Mm. The closer it comes, the, the less steps that it actually 
took from coming out of the ground or coming from the animal, if you're not a vegetarian or vegan, the, the better it is mm. for you. And you can just start there, organic vegetables and keep things as natural as possible. You know, that's not hard. Try and cut out one thing. Maybe if you drink five cups of coffee a day, try and get it down to one and then try and get it down to none. If you have sugar all the time, you're drinking carbonated drinks, etc., try and not drink them for three days out of a week or every third day. Just have like a cola-free day mm. or a you know, carbonated sugar-filled day. Just one day out of the week, like a meat-free Monday. Start incorporating those little things into your mm. diet until you start actually seeing the difference in your energy levels, etc. And that in itself will start motivating you to want to find out more. And then for those guys who, who like drinking beer, go and find a craft beer rather than buying one of the yeah. ones which has actually been bottled and sitting in the fridge for forever. And fermented foods are fantastic for you. I am on fantastic. a sauerkraut mission at the yes, moment. fantastic Oh, my goodness. I'm just absolutely – I know that there's all this other stuff. What is all those things called? Uh, kimchi. Yeah. Kombucha. Kombucha I don't really – I don't drink because of the sugar content, mm -hmm. although they say that it works itself out, but mm. it still – very sweet. Kimchi is fantastic. Naturally fermented, not vinegar sauerkraut. Mm. Naturally fermented. It basically that creates, that is eating your probiotics. Mm. That is good bacteria. I'm completely mad about it. And it's that is proliferating your good bacteria yes. in your gut. So eat a lot of that. Mm. Or prebiotics. So your probiotics, your gut flora, has certain things that feed it, make it grow more. Things like leeks or garlic or artichokes, onions, those are all prebiotics. Mm. You can eat those. Those are really good for you as well. Even better, dandelions are another one of those. But uh, do you eat the yellow ones or the things that get the little fluffy clocks on top? I'm always confused about which is a dandelion. Dandelion are the ones that you make a wish with. So you they, blow. So it's the yellow one. So it's a yellow flower. So the thing about a dandelion is it has the floret of leaves underneath because mm. there are a few that look like dandelions. It has a single stem mm. with one flower on the top of the stem. There's no side stems with little flowers. And the leaves are eaten a lot in Italy. The leaves are exceptionally good for you. Mm. And the roots are used as a bitters. They're very good for you in, for detox. Unbelievable. When I say detox, I don't mean go on a diet and only drink liquids. I mean to detox the toxins out of your system. Yeah, there's, there's wonderful ones where it's all cayenne pepper and maple syrup. <laughs> I was like, how is that, that going to help? delicious. Yeah. <laughs> not something I'm going to be doing in a hurry. Okay, so I mean, obviously, I mean, you, you do workshops. I mean, not just teaching people how to grow, but also how to grow things for themselves so that they can actually up their health. And you've got any courses coming up recently in the, in the not too distant future? We've got a course coming up, but that's a beginner's organic vegetable mm. gardening course. The health aspect of the what I teach is normally talks to companies or you know, team building or mm. those kind of things. But obviously, when we do our organic growing courses, there is a lot of focus on why you should be growing your, your vegetables organically and obviously how to do it so mm. that you come out of the course and you you know exactly what to do and you feel confident that you actually can supply that kind of food to your family over an extended period of time so if anybody wants to get hold of you it is 
www.sortafterseedlings.co.za or 082-365-0050. And sort is not S-O-R-T, it's S-O-U-G-H-T. Yes. <laughs> Linda, thank yes. you so very much for coming and telling us about <clears throat> how to be an earthworm. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we will catch up with you again. Yeah, go out there and keep spreading the word. And, and I, I think that we're going to have to find some kind of way of getting you to enjoy a... Uh, an alcoholic beverage that is maybe not bad for you <laughs> at I some stage. I think there is one. Maybe wine, but no. No, but no. Okay. <laughs> and for the rest of you, don't forget you can join us again for the next one. Okay. Take care and stay grounded. Bye-bye. For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded. Grounded.